Welcome to the Chiropractic United podcast for June 17th, 2014. This podcast is brought to you by CBP Seminars to see how a chiropractic biophysics technique can help improve your practice as well as your patient's overall health and spinal structure. Go to idealspine.com. And also by Dr. Fred Domenico of Elite Coaching to see how Dr. Fred can help bring your practice to all new heights. Go to elitecoachingllc.com. And finally, by PostureCode, developers of the X-ray analysis system known as PostureRay, as well as the award-winning Posture Screen mobile app, available in the iTunes App Store as well as the Google Play Android Store. For more info, go to postureanalysis.com. All right, Dr. Fred, take it away. Okay, how you guys doing out in podcast land? Here we are, Kyrie United Podcast, once again with my partner, Joe Ferrantelli. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're here again. What's that? Oh, only a month out from our last one. I know. Well, actually, that's good because we were a couple months out from from a couple other ones. So we're back. We're back on track. Hey, we appreciate all your loyalty. We continually get comments and accolades for the great speakers and people and guests that we have on here. And we're here to bring you principle, purpose, politics, everything that's going on in the profession. And we appreciate your loyalty. And tonight. We have an amazing guest who has been a leader for sheesh, a long time. <laughs> and uh, most importantly, um, I just on a personal note, I'm getting to know you, Pat. But, um, you know, uh, the whole profession basically has followed you. You've been a leader. You've made such great changes in the profession. Truly an um, example of someone who is driven by purpose that knows no limitations and really has a great heart for chiropractic, the people, the profession, and uh, developing relationships really all over the world. So it's a great pleasure to have you with us. Let's welcome another Italian. Thank you very much for Telly Di Domenico Gentempo, Patrick Gentempo. Yeah, well, the, the, thanks for the introduction. Most importantly, the Italian part. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Let's talk about what's important. I still have, uh, my mother comes over and we have Italian Sunday. It's been a challenge to figure out how to make that gluten-free, but we've done it. But it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's I, of, I think that's a sin in the Italian world. Isn't that sin and if you're a Catholic or something? Yeah, it, it really sort of is, but you know, her, her sauce is so good it can cover up all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, there you go, that's awesome. Exactly. So, hey, uh, you know, you've done so much It's in the profession over, it's probably been at least a couple decades. So I think really where we'd like to start, Pat, is, hey, what got you into chiropractic and, and how did this story begin? Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, at least from my era of chiropractic, I'm sort of the um, uh, kind of a typical story in the sense that uh, I was in high school. Uh, I was injured in wrestling practice. Uh, kind of bridged up on my neck, and and uh, you know, literally, you know, felt something give, and uh, had an excruciating pain immediately. Uh, was brought, got up off the mat, you know, was brought to a medical doctor. Um, did an exam. He said, "Well, you know, tell me what your experience." I said, "I got a lot of pain. I feel like something is uh, swollen in there. Uh, my muscles are all spasmed. I came straight in my neck." And uh, so he did his evaluation. He said, you have cervicalgia, inflammation, and myospasm. I said, well, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> and he said, well, it's neck pain, swelling, and uh, muscle spasm. I said, well, I told you that. Yeah. And he said, yeah, but here's what we're going to do. He said, for the pain, we'll give you painkillers. For the inflammation, we'll give you an anti-inflammatory. And for the uh, muscle uh, spasm, we'll give you a muscle relaxer. So, you know, based on my context at the time, that made good sense. Uh, You know, went home, started taking the drugs. And fortunately for me, the drugs did not work. Um, They actually, within, you know, two weeks, I started to get nauseous from them. I was really getting no better. I couldn't go back to the mat and wrestle. I was missing matches. So finally, uh, I have, uh, you know, I was blessed with a a mother and, you know, still alive right now. But my my mother who uh, said, you know, we need to do something different. And she took me to a chiropractor. And um, I didn't understand at the time that a chiropractor was something other than a medical doctor and uh, who had a different philosophy and a different orientation towards practice. But, you know, I went in, uh, you know, got an, another exam, but then was laid down on a table and I was adjusted. And, and uh, I was literally instantly 90 percent better after the first adjustment. Um, and I said, 
wow, well, why didn't the last doctor do this for me? And, you know, so he started to explain. And this guy was a one-year associate out of Palmer College. Uh, it just goes to show you, you know, from a impact standpoint, uh, you know, the old adage about how far-reaching something you can think, do, or say today can change the lives of millions tomorrow. A lot of people th think that when they're new in the field, you know, that they are limited in their ability to have an impact on the field or on the world. Well, this particular case, I went to an office that saw, you know, I think about 150 visits a day. The guy I saw was not the owner of the practice, but one of the associates in the practice. And uh, as I go back for subsequent visits, he would, he would, you know, I'd ask more questions. And one day he said to me, um, hey, you know, uh, I'm having lunch. Uh, why don't you sit down while I'm eating my sandwich and I'll explain the whole thing to you about chiropractic. And uh, I never forget it because it was maybe a 45-minute conversation, but I walked out of that office that day as a teenager, uh, different than I walked in because I walked out knowing what I was going to do with my life. I was going to be a chiropractor. Now, I bother to tell the story because it kind of comes full circle. Um, you know, in CLA, uh, we were in our big offices, we, you know, I think not all in the office, we had some spread around, but we had, you know, 50, 55 employees. We had 9,000 clients on six different continents uh, that are chiropractors with our technology. And, uh, you know, we were having an impact in the profession and on the world. And uh, it turned out that this associate chiropractor who adjusted me all those years ago, who spent time with me over lunch, that his son became a client of CLA. And I saw the last name and I said, are you related to? And he said, yeah. And I said, where's your dad? He said, he's still practicing in New Jersey. Wow. I said, well, you got to, you know, uh, give me his contact information. I invited him to the office. And the interesting part of the story um, is that he came in and I was giving him a tour of the office and I was asking him, I said, do you remember you know, this this teenage kid that you adjusted all these years ago and that you had these conversations with. And he said, you know, to be honest, no, I, I don't remember at all. I said, well, I just want you to know that measurably now, because you bothered to speak to me, you're walking around and seeing the effects of that conversation. And I started to explain to him the wide impact that CLA was having, you know, and literally millions of patients, you know, being cared for through our clients. Right. And right. and he got tears in his eyes um, and just said, you know, I, he's been a, a beautiful, humble chiropractor who still practices for all those years, who loved chiropractic, who literally, you know, touched a life years ago when he was just out of Palmer and didn't even remember and is now seeing the material realization of the principles that he lived and how he, he inculcated them into a young man or young boy. So, so I, I tell the story because I believe that anybody who's listening to it right now, um, that I, I believe in every single one of our lives, we have the opportunity to say something. And by making a statement, it can literally change the path of the people that we communicate with and can translate into you know, nonlinear effects out there in the world. So uh, one of the things, if you just took one thing away from this conversation, listening to this podcast, just just if you, if you stopped listening to this and went back to your practice or wherever you're going after this and decided that you're just going to speak up a little more or say a little more or share a little more, it would be transformational. So I, I hope the story maybe helps to incite that. You know, that's an awesome story, and I'd like to say that, you know, unfortunately, like that guy, that doctor, he didn't remember, you know, how many lives have already changed that we don't have the opportunity of knowing, and if we could actually see and have the opportunity like he was able to see years later, that you realize you don't have the right to not say something. You know, right. in all those situations where you feel your spirit calling to say something, to a person in a line at a grocery store or someone walking by or a chiropractor at a seminar. You know, that's a great lesson to realize that it's really not about us. And when you have that's that right. conversation about whether or not you should say something, the answer is always yes. Yeah, it, it, it really um, it really should be exactly that, that, you know, that it is a reward in and of itself even if you maybe we'll never know what the outcome is of the conversation. Um, you know, along those lines, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you uh, another quick story, just since we're on the subject. Um, several years ago, back in the 90s, I was the keynoting for the Ohio State Chiropractic Association. 
the limo driver taking me back to the airport from the event says to me, uh, you know, so uh, what were you here for? And I started to explain, you know, about the event. I explained about, you know, what do you know about chiropractic? He was thinking about a career in physical therapy. So I started, I explained chiropractic to him in the short ride to the airport, you know, the best way that I could. Um, and uh, two years later, I get an email from the guy, I gave him a card saying, hey, you know, if you, you know, if you want to go to chiropractic school, let me know. I'll write your letter of recommendation. Uh, two years later, I, 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 uh, I get an email saying he wants to apply to life. Would I write a letter of recommendation? I do. As I go to life and speak sometimes, uh, he would show up and say, hey, remember me? And I remembered him very well. Uh-huh. Uh, I said, yeah, I remember you and great that you're here, et cetera. I ran into him recently at the Ohio State Chiropractic Association where I was keynoting again this past year. And he approaches me and I said, give me the update. He has eight practices. Wow. <laughs> so, Man. It's just another like story saying, you know, a lot of times, you know, you get done with a presentation, you rush into the airport and you're, you, know, you want to check out and tune out. But I was in a conversation and I spoke about chiropractic. And the next thing you know, there's a guy out there in the world with eight practices and has an ambition to continue to grow them. Wow. So it's it's it, you, you really never do know how far reaching. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Cool. So that's what got you in, and then obviously, where'd you get your purpose and passion? How that? Well, you know, it's kind of a you know where where does it really come from? Um, I think that it comes from a lot of things. Uh, you know, not the least of which is obviously your uh, upbringing and parents, uh, but uh, also your appetite and ambition to to you know to thrive on your sense of wonder. Um, I think a lot came from other mentors and teachers I've had along the way. Uh, I've always been a bit of a thinker. So, uh, you know, philosophy is always something that, is, that has engaged my, um, my interest. And, and uh, you know, I want to answer questions. I want to understand things. Um, I want to think about things. So, uh, so I think, you know, ultimately the nature of life you know, the, you know, why is there something rather than nothing? You know, the ultimate philosophical question, and uh, and then trying to understand what do I live for, and how do I live passionately, and you know, all those types of things, and how do I have meaning in life? Uh, I think it all drove me to kind of engage in and and get into purpose, and you know, purpose is a is a critical subject for me. Uh, I think the only thing that separates a human being from any other form of animal on the planet is the fact that we can choose a purpose. As I sometimes say humorously, you know, a, a dog can't choose a purpose for its life. If it could, it probably wouldn't live with you. Or, you know, uh, you know, a cow can't choose a purpose for its life. If it could, there'd be no such thing as McDonald's. But, you know, human beings can choose a purpose. So I, I, I contend that if you are not living on purpose or not living with a purpose, then you're living a subhuman experience. You're not, you're not having the full experience of being a human being. You're, you're living something below that. So... I believe that you know being purpose driven is is a fundamental uh, element or aspect of uh, what it means to be a human being. Nice. Well, and then one thing, uh, you know, as a spiritual being, I know with myself raised in a spiritual home. I mean, we're I don't know about you guys, but I was raised in a very Italian Catholic home, so you know we practice uh, religion on Sunday, but we're very spiritual at home. And I know that as a spiritual being, you always seek growth. And you realize there's a reason that you're here. And the principle of chiropractic is like a universal law. You know, we're life force in a physical body. And that life force seeks growth and it seeks contribution. And the difference is sometimes your uh, frontal lobe can get in the way. You know what I mean? So if you move, if you take that journey 18 inches from your frontal lobe into your heart, then all of a sudden you find you find that chiropractic is a universal truth. And when you're called to that, you know, it's like, it's like the, the qualified, the called, or I'm sorry, the, yeah, the called are qualified, not necessarily that the qualified are called. Mm-hmm. So I write about this and I'm writing a spiritual book, you know, so it's not that you have to have the qualifications to be called. You're called and then you're qualified. Right. You know what I mean? Like the purpose qualifies you and that's what moves you. And, uh, you know, one thing I always say in elite is when a spirit hears a truth like a patient 
chiropractic, the principle is a universal law, man. Life force in a physical body, life force through matter, that people gravitate towards it. So if you live the principle, you, you can only have a big practice. And then as you see growth, just more and more and more. So obviously you practice and now you've done so much beyond practice. Patrick, you've made literally have changed the profession. Well, you know, I, I appreciate that. And in some respects, I feel like I'm just getting started. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but I, I definitely uh, I resonate with, you know, the um, the sentiments that you convey, uh, especially insofar as the the basic nature of the truth of chiropractic is that it's vitalistic. And that is really uh, one of its distinguishing characteristics, meaning that there's matter and there is energy, that there is a spiritual dimension to healing. Um, you know, some people use the word energetic and spiritual, you know, maybe interchangeably, but ultimately uh, the brilliance of chiropractic, I, I think some of the intellectual feats of chiropractic are extraordinary. You know, when I go back and I, I've read D.D. Palmer and looking at his early writings and how he talked about the nature of tone and, uh, and how it relates to as a measure of health and, and the influence of stress, you know, on the nervous system, et cetera. I mean, the, these, you know, I'm, I'm reviewing papers from the, the Journal of Human Physiology from 2009, 2010, using the same words, same language. They talk about the vital force, for example, uh, you know, that, that drives the body. And it's, it's something, it, it, I'll mention this also, you know, just for the, uh, the listeners in case maybe they weren't exposed to it, but I believe that the, those 33 principles in the 1927 Stevenson's chiropractic textbook, one of the green books, is maybe the, one of the greatest intellectual feats in the history of the profession. If you read and understand those 33 principles, they're so relevant today, and they have such power in their, in their understanding and, and their expression, that what you said is exactly true. If you, if you were somebody who were to literally, on a deep level of knowing, understand those 33 principles, you can't help but build a, not a big practice, but a huge practice and express, you know, great success and abundance in your life because you have a truth that resonates deep within your spirit that you can practice every single day and deliver to people that changes their lives. And, you know, uh, you know, one of my big things I'm working on now is is getting you know I think the number one death threat to the profession is insurance dependency. Yep. And uh, and the the problem that why chiropractors cling to insurance, which is no good for them, which doesn't help them, which doesn't help their patients, which is inconsistent or incongruent with with chiropractic for the most part, um, that that they cling to it because they don't understand the thirty three principles. They don't understand the true nature. Of chiropractic, they don't recognize that chiropractic is necessary with or without third-party pay, and uh, I, I think that if they would, if people would just get down to that level of, of depth in their in their chiropractic understanding, that um, that most of their problems and challenges that they experience in day-to-day -day practice would go away. Yeah, there's no question, and you know, you hit right on the truth, and I think that's you know, uh, Joe, elite coaching, what I do. Is spinal corrective base Joe's with CBP, and so we have a lot of CBP following. We have a lot of everybody following this podcast, but we love to talk about the principle because you know when you look at spinal correction, which is Joe and I are heavily immersed in that. That's how, but the mm -hmm. principle is why the people buy why they yep. buy the principle, and the rest is just the application. So whatever that application is, you know, and I think we should fix subluxations. People buy the principle, right? And the principle is truth, and they know it's truth when they hear it. And like you said, with those thirty-three principles, you know that's conviction, man. When that, when you accept it as, as in full faith, as full truth, then you can't help but have a huge practice because people are magnetized to it. So for all you people stuck in their head with biomechanics, get on the truth, man. Get on the principle, and then when they buy the principle. Spinal correction is the easy part. Yep, sure that's is. right. You, so, you know, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've uh, I think a couple of times, uh, you know, Dee Harrison has invited me out to speak at at the you know the CVP national event, and and I think in part, you know, that's one of the reasons why is that uh, you know because I would say, listen, um, 
exactly. I said, you know, you don't go for a spinal correction because it looks prettier. You know, what's the true implications of that spinal correction? And that's the thing that you can never lose mind of, you know, that there is, uh, there is a full understanding of how the body works and um, uh, the role of the nervous system in that body and how then, you know, you, you can go down into the, you know, the, the technique aspect. But you have to start with the why. And in the end, what, what does a spinal correction do? But it's the influence it has on the nervous system and therefore the ability for the mental impulse to express itself fully through the nervous system into the body. That, that, that's the thing that we never want to lose sight of. So, uh, you know, so you're, you're 100% right, and I'm really happy that you said that, is that, you know, you start with the why and then, you know, the how is, is some of the details, important details, but without the why, the how is really kind of what manipulation is. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, absolutely. And I, I like what you said about how you're working with docs to, you know, end their dependence on insurance. And I think every practitioner at some point in time that was in a good state, you know, fell prey to some aspect of it. I know I did early on in my career in Florida when we had the what was called the, the PI gravy train. You know, for a long time, people got paid exceptionally well, even when they did lousy care unfortunately and you know now that i'm down here i I see a lot of my my friends that were you know practicing when i was practicing they're really struggling because they never learned how to actually communicate what chiropractic was to patients at all so they're they're left hanging they they don't know what to do still to this day and the laws changed you know a couple years ago and uh, so did you want to touch up upon that a little bit? Like, uh, what are you doing right now to kind of educate those doctors on uh, sure. how, how to do that? Yeah. So, it, it, basically, the company that I, I formed with with uh, Dr. Troy Dukowitz is called Freeform, um, and you can go to freeformchiro.com if you want to get more information about it. And uh, actually, we have an opt-in there. We we have like free newsletters, free uh, audios, interviews. There's a lot of lot of great content that you can get there outside of actually joining the program. So uh, so feel free to come there and just take advantage of the stuff that we're offering out there in the field. Um, bottom line, I guess you know I I was talking about in when we're doing Total Solution, which is kind of one of the legends of CLA, our four-day intensive boot camp. We had 6,600 DCs that came through it, and and it was a pre transformational experience. But one of the sections that we've been doing out there since we launched it in 1995 was uh, talking about congruency. I mean, to me, the most important philosophical principle I ever learned is that contradictions lead to destruction and the amount of destructions relative to the level of the contradiction. And if you look at insurance and what insurance is for and what it pays for, et cetera, and you look at chiropractic from the context of subluxation correction, you begin to realize that there's an incongruency there. And if you're going to try to shoehorn what you do as a chiropractor into the arena of uh, third-party reimbursement, then you have to start playing games, and it takes you away from your core purpose. And, and, and I'm not saying that insurance might not properly pay for maybe some initial phases of care, and we can have a whole conversation around that, and you know, it's not probably not worth it right now. But just in principle, there's several incongruencies there that would lead people, uh, they got weaned on this diet of insurance, which became like crack for chiropractors. And uh, as a consequence, you know, it's something they got addicted to and then couldn't live without. And I also could clearly see down the road, I remember Clinton coming in, I remember HMOs moving in, I remember, you know, how things were getting reframed. And it didn't take a genius to look down the road and see that, wow, you know, this gravy train can't last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, if, if I have any particular skill, it's probably that I'm, I'm really able to kind of, you know, look down the road and anticipate things, you know, long before they happen. So, uh, I saw the insurance thing, you know, heading to a bad place. And we, so we started at least talking about it and raising the conversation in the nineties. Then as a, you know, time would pass and, you know, we got into where we are now. And I started looking at Obamacare on the horizon before it was even enacted. That's where it came to me and said, uh, uh hmm. I believe at this point it's time to just start ta- stop talking about it in maybe a rhetorical way, saying you need to get off of insurance, et cetera, and to actually you know to really work on a turnkey process for doing it step by step. Because I realize most chiropractors, strong chiropractors, ha- you know, have gone cold turkey, have just said, you know what, I'm done, and they switch it off and they're fine. Yep. But the vast majority of the field can't do that. So what we created was a seven-step process 
which takes you from insurance dependency and non-insurance dependency. And, and the kicker is that your practice grows as you do it. It doesn't shrink. Most people are afraid to give up or let go of insurance because um, they think their practice is going to shrink. The opposite happens because you once you start getting really clear on the purpose of your practice and the goal for every patient that comes in, and you start to get very clear on the value of what you're providing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and you start walking down these steps, you start to realize, wow, your practice is going to grow and expand, and it typically does. One other thing I'll say about this, uh, well, yeah, well, since you, I'll, I'll just, you know, for, for listeners, give the seven steps real quick so they can at least get a sense of what I mean. The first step is knowing reality. All suffering, all pain starts with one's unwillingness to admit reality. And I find that too many chiropractors are living in denial and delusion. So, you know, we, we walk them through 158 questions uh, that basically are going to put into reality what their real circumstance is. It breaks down to five areas of reality, and then you can see strengths and weaknesses. From there, we go into headspace because it's head first and all else follows. And that's a deep dive into philosophy and the you know, philosophy of chiropractic, philosophy of money, the science that supports chiropractic. So you know, that's completely validated. It's completely rational. It's not, it's not just abstract. Um, and, and many other things, you know, fears and releasing fears, et cetera, et cetera. Then from there, we get into the team conversion because once your head's right, your team has to get their self right. And that's getting together your team huddles, your team trainings, your team meetings, you know, putting together the agendas for this, et cetera, et cetera. There's a way to do this and do it right. And, and your team is very critical to this process going well. Once you have the team conversion, now it's time for your financial conversion. Let's talk about your care plans, your payment options, all the varying ways that you offer your services, package them and deliver them to people. Once you have that nailed down, now you're ready for your day one, day two stuff. Let's talk about answering your phone consultation, uh, exam, report of findings. Now, mind you, everything is, I don't call this coaching. You know, it's, it's just a matter of walking you through a process and giving you a, and putting attention on things. We don't have one right system to do it, et cetera. But everything is looking at through the lens of getting off of insurance dependency. So it's okay, how do I have to do my consultation to get off of insurance dependency? How do I have to do my exam to get off insurance dependency? How do I have to do my my uh, my report of findings to get off insurance dependency, et cetera. Then you get into you know, your educational processes, then you get in, you know, which is step six, and then your marketing to bring them in. So so it's it, it's a it's an online program, you know, with with live support. Um, it is uh, something that we've been doing now for almost two years, and we're getting phenomenal results. I'm proud of that. But uh, but the profession's really got to get behind us. And my intention here to be really clear is that I wanted to start a movement, not just say here's a business to get into, you know, and I have six or seven. But it was it was more saying we need to initiate a movement within the profession that I want everybody in the profession to adopt. And I am now seeing, you know, coaching firms, management firms, software companies, everybody starting to talk about getting off of insurance, non-insurance dependence. I wanted to raise the conversation up to the highest levels because I see it as the biggest death threat. And I'm really happy to see that there's momentum behind this movement that we call Freeform. Uh, and you know, we participate in helping the people that join us. But you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to see that every other service provider out there is at least starting to have this conversation and inculcate things into their services to chiropractors that also is moving towards the same direction. One last thing I'm going to say that is a huge takeaway if, if the people who are listening will really listen to this. Um, one of the things I discovered in the last few years of my life as I was analyzing success, um, analyzing life in general, you know, going through the soul search. When I sold CLA two years ago, that was a big thing for me to kind of come to grips with to say that, wow, so much of my identity is wrapped up in the company that I, that I grew and ran for 22 years uh, with Dr. Chris Kent. And I, I basically, you know, had to make a decision that, uh, you know, there's other things for me to do in my life now relative to my purpose. And the one thing that one conclusion I drew, which was painful for psychologically for a period of time, but I understood it now, like anything else, you know, when you have these kinds of crises, sometimes which are purely psychological, there's something to be learned there. And what I learned was that growth and transcending your circumstances is less about what you need to do and more about what you need to let go of. And the context I frame that up for here is that I believe that for many chiropractors, if you want to grow, 
one of the things you have to let go of is your psychological dependency on third-party pay. Hey, there's no question. And you know that there's a lot of spiritual wisdom in there. And, uh, you know, as a life coach and, uh, you, you hit it right on the head, you know, so much in coaching is about who you have to become when really we're all, we're created with everything you need. It's what you have to let go of. That's not true. That's right. And that's all your limiting thoughts. Like that was, there, there was true innate brilliance right there. And, you know, the funny thing is when you talk about releasing third party dependency is the general public, they want what we have and they don't even care about their insurance when you know how to communicate it. So the great thing is you came up with a seven step system. You know, there's systems out there and you probably know this from talking to chiropractors all over the profession. I know I have chiropractors every week calling me saying they're looking for a coach to help them get off insurance. Right. So it is massive and it is a movement and the general public knows that the country is not going to take care of them and they are willing to pay whatever you want if you can show them why. That's right. And there's it, money. It, there's, there's no two no two ways about it. I mean, listen, you know, it's an easy question when you look at the patient and say, do you think it's a good idea to entrust your health and well-being to the insurance bureaucracy or the federal government? You know, it's it's nobody says yes to that question. Yeah, they all, all know that you know this that these these entities are not to be trusted with their well-being, and that's where you, the chiropractor, need to step in and become the trusted advisor on their health. And this is the greatest time for chiropractors, I think, ever in the history. Man, everybody paved the way to be in this perfect time right now when the American public prior even in the world but definitely the american public probably feels the most vulnerable that they've ever felt right now and they're looking for an anchored mind that's right they're looking for someone with conviction that can tell them the truth and guide their families and they will follow it, and they'll I, pay you whatever you want I, I wish i could say it was more complicated than that <laughs> right it's, it really isn't man I mean, that's it. And you know it, you see it, and you develop the system for, for people that don't know how. Like, like the power of your life is determined by the questions you ask yourself. That's right. You know, rather than saying, if you can do it, why don't you look at how you can do it and just move with conviction and make a decision. Make that decision. Decide right now. I'm doing it right now. And then find the way that resonates with you that uh, communicates the principle, and uh, it's not your area. It's not any of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not your right. demographics. It is exactly between your ears. Thousand percent. Of that right. subluxation. <laughs> you got that right. So anyway, so uh, I know you're involved in tons of stuff right now. If you want to expand in, on basically where you're at right now, um, obviously you gave us a little bit about that, creating that movement, what your vision is, and uh, what's driving you now and into the future, and what changes do you want to make? Well, what I did is uh, I, I created a, an entity a holding company called Action Potential Holdings, um, so if anybody you know wants to get any details, you can go to actionpotentialholdingswithness.com or if you go to actionph.com, that will get you there. Uh, I'm, and incidentally, I'm constantly putting out like things so you, you, you can opt in there and um, and you know I'll, you know when I'm sending out emails and you know all kinds of things I'm sending at all time to, to my audience, my list, which is pretty big. Uh, whenever I have ideas, you know, I, you know, I, I stay very contemporary. I have a lot of ideas about things that are going on. When I find something good, I share it. Um, you know, and I'm on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. Um, you know, so what are my other entities? Uh, several projects I'm involved in. Some in development. Some that are in the world. You know, creating wellness is still out there. I still have a substantial position in there. Um, you know, we have. Uh, you know, if you go to the site, you'll you'll see some of these things. Uh, Action Potential Health, which is kind of like an in-process thing I'm working on right now that I'm very excited about, uh, that hopefully, uh, you know, it, it, this is a swing for the fences kind of a thing. Either it's not going to, either it's never going to get off the ground or it's going to change the whole face of healthcare, which is something I'm really after. 
uh, Action Potential Media. I'm ready to start writing some books. So I'm going to get those out there. So uh, what I'm liking about my life right now is that, uh, you know, for, for several years, I operated, you know, a, a fairly sizable company. And, and uh, you know, I don't want to operate anymore. I want to be more of the board, you know, uh, you know on the board or a chairperson or somebody that, you know, is an advisor as compared to the guy who shows up and, you know, manages every aspect of the company on a daily basis from the top level. So, uh, you know, a lot of my ventures I bring partners into that will operate or I hire people in that can operate so that I can have the kind of the freedom and the flexibility to stay very creative right now. But I, I think, you know, the best thing if, if people want to know about what I'm up to, I mean, yes, I'm still traveling, I'm lecturing and, you know, doing, you know, you know, getting face to face with chiropractors in, in live ways and in, in virtual ways, et cetera. Uh, I'm working very heavily right now, uh, so I'll be probably making a pretty big announcement in the next month or two here. Uh, but I'm working on a foundational philosophy product uh, that I think chiropractors need in the sense of, um, you know, I'm a philosopher first before anything else. And that's what's core to my heart because I believe that that's the start and the foundation. Philosophy is the foundation for everything else in your life. There's nothing more foundational than philosophy. As soon as you start to think, as soon as you start to act, you are in the realm of philosophy. And uh, I believe that philosophy has escaped the central core of chiropractic as a profession, that there's many schools that don't teach anything relative to philosophy anymore. There are many state boards that will not give continuing education in philosophy anymore. People say and name things like, um, uh, well, you know, if you, you got to decide if you want to be a, a philosophical chiropractor or a scientifically based chiropractor. And, <laughs> you know, anybody who would make such a statement doesn't understand either of those. That's right. So, you know, so the bottom line, you, you can't have data without, you know, a context for which to interpret it is meaningless. So your, your philosophy leads your science. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, I, I, you know, one of the things is there's, Several things I think that are important for the profession right now. One of which is get them off insurance. Another one is return them to philosophy. I mean, when I was in school, we you know, students we'd be up three, four, five o'clock in the morning talking down the philosophy of chiropractic, and and that's what you know gave us our foundation to get out of school and go out and succeed at things. I can't imagine what it must be like for a student to get out of school with the mounting debt that they have, without any philosophical compass that gives them any kind of anchoring into something that matters, and you know, complete contradiction and. Conf- about what chiropractic is, and now you're supposed to go out there and try to get into the world and deliver a service. They are nowhere close to market ready. So, uh, so I want to see philosophy get back into the schools, back into the culture of chiropractic, and make it the you know the, the foundational uh, pillar that chiropractic can rest on. Um, and you know, and, and I have a big ambition to do that. Uh, and and I think in the next couple of months, I'll, I'll be launching something kind of excited to start that process. We'll be excited to check it out. And, you know, on that note, you know, when you look at how long have you been and when did you graduate, Pat? Uh, I graduated March of 1983. Okay, 83. So, so man, you look at the philosophy, look at all the stuff that you've done, all the barriers, all the things you had to go through, all the hard work that it took. And the philosophy is what keeps you going, man. That's like the fuel in your rocket. It is rocket fuel. There's no two ways about it. You're a thousand percent right. Yeah, man. I mean, you look at all, for you too, Joe. I mean, I've been around the block a couple times. I was driving the ice cream truck though. Just you know, side note. <laughs> but uh, you know, man, it's like the the philosophy and the purpose and the passion is the only is what keeps you going. Yeah, and that's it. Imagine, like what you said. I can't imagine not having that. You would cave to the conditions of the world. That's right. And that's not who we are, man. As spiritual beings, you know, the conditions are second, man. We we make the conditions. And if you don't have the principle and the truth, you have you have nothing to stand on. Mm-hmm. So if you feel your conviction, philosophy is weak, you need to get to some seminars. You need to follow Pat. You need to follow Joe. Follow someone that can give you something that, that makes you want to friggin' jump out of bed in the morning and do something exceptional. <laughs> yep. You're hitting on something I think is really important, and um, it's something that I've worked on to master, and it's energy management. And you have three kinds of energy, basically. You have physical energy, which is why you should eat right and work out, et cetera, and get adjusted, you know, live your life right. 
You have mental energy, which of course is very important because you say, well, I'm not physically tired, but my brain is exhausted, so I can't really function. Uh, and then you have spiritual energy. And the, the thing that I understand, that I've come to understand, is that, uh, is that when it comes to being in states of energy, where does energy come from? How do you generate energy? Um, and you know, there's things like, for example, you get really angry, then you've got, uh, you know, you might have a burst of energy for a while and then you crash. Mm-hmm. However, when you have the energy that you just described, spiritual energy, the energy of purpose, that will fuel your mental energy and physical energy. That will get you out of bed in the morning. That will keep your brain focused 12, 14 hours a day when you need it. That will keep you physically active and going because, you know, as you, as you start to wane in these other energies because, you know, the tank goes dry, you have to say, where does the fuel come from? The fuel comes from the spiritual energy, and that is your purpose, and that is you being conscious of it and it driving you every single day. And when that happens, as you just described, you know, after 31 years I've been out here, as, uh, you know, in, in the profession, why do I feel like I'm just getting started, and how do I have the energy to get involved in all these projects at this point? You know, the answer is because uh, I have I have this energy of spirit or purpose that drives me. That you know, at this late hour of the night, you know, after you know, starting at you know 5:30 this morning, I'm 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 pumped and ready to have this conversation. Yeah, absolutely, nice. Well, and truly being an exceptional person and leader in the profession. Pat, I, I know that uh, you you have this. You have your daily habits. I mean, people that are highly successful, you recharge and you reassociate spiritual energy moving through your body. You know, I'm sure yeah. that you have habits that re-energize your body, refocus your mind, and keep you moving towards that purpose every day. Yeah, I, I shudder to think where I would be without my rhythms and habits. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, highly successful people, maybe they're, they're a little bit smarter because they have different habits. They have discipline of habits. And, and so you can't let your physiology be second to your conditions. You know, you have to eat big Tony Robinson and NLP, man. You got to manage your state. You have to have habits that bring you to your highest state. You have to start your day at your peak. That's right. Not at your peak, but at least a starting point. And then habits throughout the day, if things alter your mood, man, you have habits that can bring you back in one breath. Very true. And that's 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 very important uh, you know, to have tools like that to be able to uh, face adversity. Because, listen, as chiropractors, we're going to face adversity over and over again. And you have to have tools to be able to support you so that you can power through those things and succeed. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So I know I've been dominating. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> so you're like, sorry, we cut you off, buddy. I don't know if there's anything you want to throw in there. No, this is good. I just love absorbing it. The one thing I would like to say too, because I know Patrick is definitely into science and research, and Deed isn't here. Is there maybe something that's come up in the last few months, maybe a research tidbit that you want to go over, or a new study that you would think would excite? Our, our, you know, listeners, anything from, you know, epigenetics to anything that you want to talk about that you, you think people should know? Yeah, you know, there's, uh, there's in, you know, if I look at the, you know, the recent past, let's say, I believe the power of chiropractic is not a particular study, but it's the aggregate of all the data that exists. And one of the things I'm passionate about yeah, I was I was speaking in South Carolina at Parker this past weekend, um, and um, one of the things I said to the group that they I think they resonated with, but they were a little bit in shock silence too because it was kind of guilty as charged. I am sick and tired of this profession accepting the role of a second class citizen in the world of evidence. Mm-hmm. I believe that our evidence in chiropractic is so compelling, and I've, I've been in nine public debates. Over the years, you know, with people who would try to attack us based on evidence, like um, one of them being uh, uh, Stephen Barrett, you know, the medical doctor, you know, who's had a quack watch and all that stuff, and uh, and he was, you know, he was, it was, you know, he couldn't he couldn't hold up the debate for, for in my opinion, for more than three minutes because of his contradictions, uh, and and so I, I think that there's, a more, you know, we've accepted a more burdensome standard for evidence. 
We've accepted, we've accepted the role of second-class citizen in the world of evidence. And the reality is that when you look, and again, this is where philosophy comes in, you know, evidence comes in the second branch of philosophy, epistemology, the theory of knowledge. There's, there are you know, four, four modes of, of evidence that we would look at that aggregate to give us our foundation uh, as far as you know, our proof, if you will. And they would be deduction, which is from two truths, you derive a third truth, uh, uh, i.e., the body is self-healing and self-regulating. No debate there. The nervous system, the master system control the body. No debate there. Therefore, if you interfere with nervous system function, you interfere with the ability for the body to heal and regulate. So we start there, but that's not it. Then from there, we have induction. What's induction? Those are your randomized controlled clinical trials. And that's, induction in and of itself is also limited, but has some value and merit, but it's not a glove fit to what chiropractic is trying to know or understand unless you're setting up the right kind of studies. But condition-based inductive studies and you know, condition-based randomized controlled clinical trials are not uh, a glove fit for what the intention of chiropractic is as far as outcomes. Um, that's a whole that's that's a whole other podcast, so I can't really go too far down that rabbit hole. But then from there, we also have outcome assessment, meaning the stuff that we actually measure in our practice. So we don't just rely on the deductive premises. We don't just rely on the inductive research. We also have outcome assessment. If you're CBP, you're measuring, you're doing your X-ray measurements. You're doing outcomes. You're actually saying, seeing the changes in the individual that you are serving. So outcome is very important. Now, if you, you know, one of the things like common contradiction chiropractic is they rely, you know, the core of their exam is orthopedic tests. And, you know, if, 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 if orthopedics is your main criteria for assessment, expect to have an orthopedic practice, not a chiropractic practice. So, uh, so it's important that we do outcome measures. Obviously, you know, 20 years of my career is dedicated to uh, creating outcome measures like surface electromyography, infrared thermal scanning, heart rate variability, digital inclinometry, pressure algometry, et cetera. So we, so, you know, we can measure, you know, the effects that we're getting person by person as they come in. And then of course we have this aggregate of amazing published and peer-reviewed index journals, case studies. Yep. And the case studies are extremely compelling, and those are real chiropractors and real patients and real battle conditions doing the real thing. So when you take our deductive premises, our inductive studies, our outcome assessments, and the case studies, and you package them into you know our evidence locker, you start to see that I'll take that evidence and stand it up to anything else that's out there in the world today, and it will stand strong and proud. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm really into the science side and the evidence side, but I believe that the philosophical um, uh, debate over what suffices as evidence needs to be made because chiropractors have not done a good job at that, and I think we need to change it. Well said. Nice. Does that answer your question, Joe? Yeah, no, that, that was perfect. I <laughs> nice think our, job. I think our listeners uh, gathered a lot from that, so thank you, Patrick. My pleasure. Thanks for the question. Yeah. So, um, I guess, uh, I don't know, we may have already answered this question. So what about the future? Um, did you, did you go, you may, you may have already answered that. What's your vision of the profession or your life? You know, um, I believe, you know, what the profession needs to do and what it can do and should do is it needs to elevate. Um, it needs to realize its potential. Um, it's like Michael Jordan, but he never went to basketball practice yet. And he hasn't, you know, he just hasn't stepped on the court, <laughs> but it's all there. I mean, it's all there. I would, I might've said LeBron, but after the last series, I can't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, it's all, I mean, we're there, we're pregnant with this potential, with this literally uh, earth altering idea and practice and we are playing at such a low level that it can at times it can get it can get very um, depressing, quite frankly. Uh, so, what's my dream? My dream is that uh, we're going to break out, we're going to break through, we're going to transcend. Uh, the profession will do that. The principles are what we will ride to that future. And uh, I, I can see, you know, a lot of challenges that are, you know. In the way, but I also see enormous opportunity uh, for this profession to really, uh, to really kind of break out of its shell in, in a meaningful way. And I, I'm probably just selfish enough to want to see that happen in my lifetime. You know, uh, I, I've, I've committed my life here. I want to, you know, I, I feel like 
you know, we've had impact, but at the same time, you can say, wow, you know, it's kind of the same old stuff in many ways. Maybe we prevented some bad things from happening. I don't know. But ultimately, I want to see the transcendence of this profession. I want to see the spirit of the profession help it rise to the heights that this world deserves and needs. And, uh, um, you know, I could spend hours talking about the varying ways that might happen. But, you know, as a summary statement, that's what I want to see. Wonderful. Well, and I would say to add to that, is you're an example of, you know, years and years and years ago, one doctor talking to one person and look at the changes that you've made. So I guess the final, the, my final statement is it starts with one. Yeah. So people have to decide when you're listening to this, when does it start? You got to make a decision and say, and when you look in the mirror, you say, it starts with me. Because that's what you said many years ago. Joe, you said it. Uh, you know, we have many great leaders on here. Pat, you're just an example of one person that can inspire many, many, many other people and create teams that can make massive changes. So it starts with one. Put your finger on your chest and say it starts with me right now. Right on. Right on. So I guess that's all I have to say. Yeah, uh, about, you know, any final comments or no, this is awesome. Uh, so if someone wants to get a hold of you, Patrick, what is the best? Is it Action Potential Holdings is the best way, or do you have a preferred contact? Someone has yeah, I mean, questions? I'll give, you know, there's a few ways. Uh, you can go to, I have my personal website, which is patrickgentempo.com, uh, my business website, which is actionpotentialholdings.com, and then for Freeform, you can go to freeformchiro.com. Uh, my recommendation is, you know, if you want just the general information that comes from me, you know, when I put it out there, um, you know, go to actionpotentialholdings.com and opt in. Just, you know, basically there's an opt-in box. Just pop in there and you'll be on my list. And for the Freeform stuff, the same. Go to freeform.com, freeformchiro.com, and uh, you can opt in there and you'll get the information through Freeform. Wonderful. Um, Hey, well, thanks for taking the time to be with us, Pat. I know you have a family and uh, love your passion and conviction and all the great leadership that you're providing in the profession. So thanks for hanging out with us and uh, sharing your thoughts and your heart. Well, great pleasure to be with you both. Uh, I'm very appreciative of the work that you're doing and the impact you're having in the field. And I hope that I somehow uh, create some value for the people who are listening uh, to this podcast. You sure did. All right, guys. All right, you guys. Have a great night. And uh, Joe, I'll see you this weekend. And Pat, our paths will cross soon. All right. Thanks so much, guys. See you out there in the world. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.